Hello everyone, Laura K. Buzz here with the wonderful Geek Remix channel. Hooray! Woo! Yay! We're all here because we did a spoiler cast a while ago and people seem to like when we do stuff together, so we're going to do another one. Sounds... We're also obsessed with Laura. Well, yeah, and I'm obsessed with you two. It all works. We're just Aww. like, oh, it's like, oh, oh, you two are amazing. Thank you. Please do stuff with me. It's great. Yay. Yay. We've been listening to all of your podcasts. And by your podcast, we mean the podquisition. But really, it's your podcast. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's, it's, it's mine in all that's like, I, I put the topic list together. I do the editing. It's, it's really my show. Yeah, and now, everyone, here are the questions. Exactly. They just turn up at 6pm and it's like, oh, I suppose we're doing a show. What are we doing, Laura? Tell us. (laughs) And I'm like, shut up, Jim. I'm not here for you. (laughs) Yeah, no one comes to that show for Jim. Goodness. He he, he keeps ending the show being like, oh yeah, I don't need to tell anyone where to find me. I'm like, what about the people that come here for me? They might not know where to find you, Jim. Stop being so conceited. Exactly. (laughs) It's so what if the podcast is named after you? Yeah, forget that. So yeah, we're here to talk about a game again this week. What what game are we talking about? Firewatch. Firewatch. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm Mari and, and Oh yeah. And and I'm Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. We're... So we've all been playing Firewatch this week, which is basically like middle-aged man in the woods simulator, I suppose. It's another social justice warrior game. That's what oh it is. Oh my god, yeah. There, oh there are feelings god. at the beginning. It's an SJW game. God forbid yeah, we have a nothing... game that looks beautiful and has a real story. Yeah, but didn't you know that because there's no shooting and there's, like, good use of colour and art style, it's an SJW game. It's trying to indoctrinate you into feelings. What do you think a, a SJW game really is? Do you I, think there's a criteria or is it just... I did look this up the other day. If you Google SJW the game, <laughs> one of the, on the first page of results, there is a checklist from a slightly scary site run by a very scary man who has his checklist of things that will tell you if a game is SJW. Do you oh. want to know what's on the checklist? Yes, yes I do. Please. Okay. This is juicy. I'm, I'm going to pull up the whole checklist because I don't want to mess anything up here. So uh, oh, yes. SJW the game. Don't don't misquote the scary man on the yeah, scary I don't, website. I don't want to I don't want to misquote the people from the scary website that don't like uh, that don't like women very much. Um <laughs> Okay, so first up, you've got simplistic gameplay mechanics, and they have a screenshot of Gone Home, and then talk about, like, in games like this that are SJW games, um, you can't walk, run, or change the environment in any way, which I'm pretty sure you can do all three of those in Gone Home. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, Point number two, they have good visuals, because they're trying to hide the fact they have no gameplay. So any (laughs) game that looks... Any game that looks good is an SJW game. Uh, okay. Okay, lack of a failure state. And they cite Undertale as like, oh, it's an SJW game with no failure state. I'm pretty sure there's a failure state in Undertale. Yeah, there's a lot of failure states. Yeah. and then... The failure state is part of the story. Yeah, and then the, the last point is shoehorned in social topics, which if you read their description, basically boils down to any political view that is not my political view. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you got any of those, you're a, you're an SJW game, and Firewatch looks good and has feelings. So I guess that's an SJW game. It's very strange because it's a, it's a very heterosexual game. Or well, there's not that many choices. It's like between like 
like it's about some white guy in the woods who's sad about his life yeah you know? it's, yeah. it's like i i am a man that was in a heterosexual relationship and is gonna go out in the woods and be a manly man in the woods and maybe talk to another woman so sjw i know like it's not even i'm not trying to dismiss his emotional pain he's going through a lot he is, I'm just yes. saying it's not an sjw there, there's no well there are we i i'm i am i am convinced there are lesbians i believe there are lesbians yes I, if somebody was like no those are not lesbians i'm like uh-huh right okay it's like you can try telling me that but you know i'm pretty sure if they weren't gay they'd keep at least their bras on Mm-hmm. So, yeah, know. or their panties. Yeah, and exactly. Bras on. You don't take yeah. your underwear off if you if you're not in some way interested in some bodies. Yeah. So agreed. Yeah. And they hiked. They were wearing flannel, yeah. and they hiked fourteen hours. <gasps> oh my god! How did I not twig? They yeah. were wearing flannel. Oh, to be okay, alone yeah. in the woods together, and then take yeah. off all their clothes and go swimming in a lake together and dance around in the middle of the woods. Come on. Well, it yeah. was pointed out to me that there is nothing to canonically say they are lesbian, but both of us in our LPs, like someone pointed out, we both saw like two sets of women's underwear. Lesbians. Yes. Well, come on. Like, I mean, how, how much, how confirmed do you have to have, like, walk in on them looking into each other's eyes and having sex and going, I am gay, I am gay, I am gay, I am gay, for them, for people to be like, oh, okay, maybe they're gay. I think for most people, you have to see their, like, their LGBT um, certification card. Oh, you have to yes. pull it out and be like, look, this is this is when I got certified as gay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, where, where do we start with Firewatch? Um, oh, I have a thing I'd like to start with with Firewatch, actually. Go for it. Did did either of you know going in that the game was going to start with like a long musical text adventure? No. no. And yeah. what's really interesting is that, okay, so we got a review copy, you got a review copy, mm. but all of our friends got uh, streaming preview copies and yes. that wasn't included. Oh. So, so their interpretation of the game, like all the people I know are guys uh, and straight guys. I don't, I, all the mm. guys I know who played it are straight guys. And they go into the game thinking, Delilah's great. Like, I want to so, immediately establish a relationship with her. I love her. So they didn't get any of the content that was about, like, hey, your, wa- you, your wife got dementia at 40 and you, and you were a huge alcoholic her. that, like, couldn't take care of her properly. Yeah. Well, That's, yeah, I don't mm. want to give him shit because it is a very difficult no, job. No, I, I so. get that. And it is, like, it's a difficult thing where it's, like, it is a very difficult thing to have a family member that is mentally de- deteriorating. But that said, it's like, yeah, that is a big crux of that character is you couldn't keep like your life and your wife's life like running together. And that exactly. is a big part of his motivation that's just not there, apparently. Well, so, I mean- so many people who played the game and so many people who watched their videos <gasps> had no idea why we hated Delilah. This this might explain why, like, lots of people have a very different opinion of that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I well, didn't because know they this. Miss, they missed the whole reason why he goes out to the woods in the first place. Because, mm. like, the whole thing is he's trying to run away from his problems, which is, like, I've seen a lot of criticism of the ending of this game. I like the ending because it is basically just, hey, this big fantastic adventure you thought you were going on, no, you need to just get back to reality because you tried yeah. to run away from life and everything's just going to have to slow down and get back to reality now. Well, it's about escapism, you know? Yeah. Like he, he, 
he goes out there to try and find some happiness. Mm. And then, whether you like it or not, Delilah gives him some happiness in this, like, horrible moment in his life. Mm. And then she's like, well, later, dude. See ya. <laughs> like, I liked also, it because like, the ending felt realistic to me. Like, mm. not everything ends with a ride-off into the sunset moment. Sometimes, you know, you can get away from things for a little while, and then it's like, oh, well, you have real problems to deal with, and you, you know, you're going to have to go back to those now. And maybe your summer out in the woods mm. doesn't fix any of the things that you were trying to fix. Yeah, and the thing that I really like, and I was talking to someone else about this the other day, that I really like Delilah leaving at the end, because it's kind of this moment of like the way that I now see it is that she realized that the the dream she had of of uh, the person over in Two Forks Tower, who's this amazing, wonderful person she's been on this adventure with, he's never going to live up to that when she actually meets him. And it's like, you know, I'd like to keep that version of you in my head that exists. I don't need to actually meet you. Let's just go back to our lives. And I'm like, that's well, that's kind of sad and bittersweet. And lovely. Well, I had I was listening to the uh, the writers on a podcast. I forget the name of the podcast now, because it was like on YouTube, and it was on private, and I had <laughs> snuck in. <laughs> um, they were talking about how the guy, the lead writer, was writing it, and he goes, "Oh, she's not gonna stay." Because sometimes when people are writing, they realize something as they're writing it because they're creating a person. So he realizes that she always runs away from intimacy and always runs away from anything serious. So he had planned it so that they would meet. But then when it came to that moment when he was writing it, he realizes that she would never do that. Mm. She would run away. So I thought that was pretty cool and like interesting yeah. that this character and, became alive. And particularly considering that like one thing we know about her is that she does run about, run away from relationships when they get scary and real. Yeah. And there is certainly like, this is a nice thing when it's all pretend and we're at a distance. Oh, you're actually going to come here? That's a bit scary. I want to get away from this. And it feels consistent with her character. I get why people don't like having a an ending that kind of ends very flat and somber. But I don't know. I liked it. I didn't, you know, I feel like it, it mirrors real life in which mm. like... There, is, there are no, like, nice, neat conclusion points in life. Mm. You just kind of go through from one from one scene to the next. And so yeah. you don't have, like... I don't know, in romance movies, you always see that, like, magical moment where they meet and, like, fireworks and sparkles are going in the air and all that stuff. Mm. And in real life, what's much more likely is it can be kind of awkward to meet yeah. somebody that you've had this imaginary relationship with for so long. It reminds yeah. me of um, when, like in Sybil, actually, when they first meet and they're kind of like, ah, you're this person yeah. that I've had this imaginary, mm. not imaginary, but like relationship with online for so long and now we're finally meeting and this is weird. Um, yeah, that's like, and so for her to leave, I think it it avoids that mm. next, that, that beginning of what would have been the next stage in their relationship mm. and it leaves you feeling a little incomplete but that's what makes it realistic to me yeah and there's also the you know convenient fact that it means they don't have to deal with animating faces which is really yes. expensive to do when you're an indie 
Yeah. So. Well, they said that they were going to do it. They were going to cut the budget so that you could see Delilah, but then yeah. they decided not to. But I think it's really interesting about how it's like three people running away from their problems in the woods and how they all mm. collide together in like this huge explosion. <laughs> yeah. Do guys, and do you guys know about the other ending? Oh, yeah. Where go? you go ahead. If you like if you don't get into the chopper, you can just stay there and the chopper leaves you behind. Oh, I didn't know about yes. this. Ooh. Um, and it's kind of supposed to symbolize that instead of being the Henry that returns to his problems, being the Henry that says, no, I can't give up on this. And even though this fire is like burning the woods to shit, he's, he's I'm still going to run away from his problems. Yeah. He's basically going to be Ned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, some 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 people's interpretations were like he feels like he doesn't deserve to live but i like yours better yeah. it's it's a little less depressing uh, yeah no oh, maybe a little bit more depressing if he well, wants to be like mm. hang out with ned oh <sighs> i you know what i heard somebody what? said that they found a letter that that uh verifies that Ron and David were together. <laughs> oh, I found one of those. Awesome. I found a letter that's basically very explicitly like, yeah, Ron and David were kind of a thing. Yes! yes! I know! Sorry. <laughs> wait, we knew oh, it! Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's what? gays in it. That's there, there are confirmed gays. Of that course. means it's an SJW game. Yeah. There's there's two gay couples, and if you ask me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's I something mean, about really the, argue no, that. He's, he said there's something about these woods that make people get strange. I'm like, maybe these woods make everybody gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why yeah. Henry and Delilah don't end up together is because it's the gay woods. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a magical wood where only gay love can why, happen. It's that's a why it's so beautiful with all the colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so pulling back a little bit back towards the beginning. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. My, <laughs> that's all right. Jumping around the place is, is fine. Um there is one thing at the beginning of this game that really endeared me to the character of Henry. And it's when you get to see him posing like a Victoria's Secret model naked in a sketch. Oh, that was I so like that we got to see. I like that we got to see his penis. I know. They didn't shy away from that. I'm like, you look damn fine. I am a big fan of you now, Henry. You, you are, you are an, a character I can like. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of positive representation of penises in video games. Because if you think about it... I had I made this whole thing and I'm gonna make a video about it. Almost except for Henry's pe- penis, apparently, every time you see a penis in a video game, it's in the context of violence, sexual assault, or being vulnerable. Like if a guy's naked in a video game, he's either getting beaten up, or he's emotionally vulnerable, or it's attached to Satan. Like I I can yeah. give you a list of of video game dongs that don't fit that description. I wrote oh. an article about video game penises that are in like nice safe connotations. <laughs> safe. Oh, I could use that. So Thank there you. is Mount Your Friends, which just has spinning helicopter dicks. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, Thomas Stubbs in GTA 4, who is just getting out the shower and very casually like, yeah, here here is my genitals. What of I it? Can, I considered that a, an intimidation tactic. I I don't know. It's not act like he's not actively threatening in mm. that situation. I didn't have a huge problem with it. Um, the Order eighteen eighty six is attached to a werewolf, so I will put it probably in the like. Oh, that's the, aggress- that's an yeah, aggress- that's, that's in the aggressive camp. It's a very uh, aggressive penis. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the online shooter loadout has 
big floppy dongs that are mildly pixelated but have great floppy dong physics. So there's that. So there's Loadout. Loadout is a good one. And then Rust, which has procedural schlong. Procedural schlong? Yep. What? What? if you if you when you play Rust, your character is entirely like randomly procedurally generated based on your Steam ID, and part of that is that it uses part of your Steam ID to generate the size, shape, etc. of your penis if you're a male character. Oh my gosh! And every How male character has a very specific penis that is unique to them because of their Steam ID. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There's there's the history of dongs up until uh, Firewatch. <laughs> Welcome wow. to welcome to the Firewatch cast where we talk about dongs yeah. and gay people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, should we should we talk a little bit just like about that that intro sequence that we kind of mentioned before? So like the basic plot running up to the start of the game that some people who streamed didn't get was uh, this couple meet in like their twenties in a bar. They're both drunk. They hit it off, have a lovely relationship, get a dog. Uh, they get mugged at some point and then it turns out that uh, Henry's wife has dementia that's early onset. He turns to drink, um, at least in the way I went through it. I don't know what happens if you uh, if you have her put in a home. But I don't know in mine, In mine, Henry stuck with her and was like, no, I can do this, I can do this. And then he turned to drink and drunk drove and got arrested and his wife's family are like yeah we need to take care of her rather than you yeah and he just wanders off to be like yeah i'm just gonna spend the next few months in the woods by myself doing nothing that has got to be so hard because honestly it feels like they were probably looking down on him and i'm like you guys have your whole family to help and he was by himself yeah you know it, it is a very difficult situation where, like, he was trying to do something very difficult and was doing the best he could, but wasn't doing well enough. And it's really unfortunate, but his solution was just, rather than deal with my problems and the problems that led to me not being able to support her, I'm going to go live in the woods. Bye. Well, I think of something very interesting about that is that the whole thing where he goes, like, am I being tested on? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. That's a huge disaster, but it's a disaster that he can deal with. A disaster mm. that has a resolution. Mm. Yeah. Even though, like, if he's being secretly experimented on by the government or something, that's something that's, even though it's way more complicated, it's also a lot simpler because there's, there's it's much more clean cut if that was true. And I think that was his way of looking at a problem that he could deal with. Yeah, well, and being like, we need to find solutions rather than just accepting that this is out of our control. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the difference between having a problem where there is something you can do about it, there's things that you can control about it, and a solution that you could find, and mm. having a problem like, you know, a relative with a deteriorating mental state where you just have to accept that this is out of my control and I just have to accept it for what it is. It's probably going to get worse and I just have to continue to deal with it. That's really hard. Mm. Um, and then sort of from there, we, we first get our introduction to Delilah, who's like, hey, I work in another tower somewhere else. Uh, some people are setting off fireworks. They probably shouldn't do that. Go, you know, 
keep an eye on them. Tell them not to set fireworks off. And we meet our, our naked lesbian teens in the river. Oh, one quick thing to point out is, you know how she says to Henry, hey, like people don't take this job unless they're running away from something, blah, oh, yes. blah, blah. But she's been doing that job for 10 years. So yeah. She's been running away for something from a long, for a long time. Yes. Or just keeps running away from different things, you know, but. Yeah. That, that is someone who is definitely very adamant about running away from life. Yeah. Mm. But, uh. Yeah, can I can I ask one question? Have either of you seen anyone play this game who didn't throw the teenager's boombox in the in the water? Oh, we took it, and then I didn't want to steal it. I didn't want to be a jerk. These oh, poor girls, yeah. These poor girls, they go like you know, fourteen hours hike into the woods <laughs> just so they can be gay in the woods in the eighties. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> like they're like finally alone, and then it's like, <gasps> they like they're just about to kiss and they're naked, and some guys like. <gasps> that's that's my fault i skipped across that i thought you'd thrown it in as well uh everyone i have spoken to so far other than the pair of you has been like fuck you teenagers for being angry and irritating i'm throwing your things in the river which comes back to bite you seriously when it's like oh yeah we can't deny that we had interactions with them we did throw their uh thing in the river well, I took their I took their boombox. We took their boombox, and then I put it right next to their stuff. But I was but just I, far away I from didn't... the lake. Yeah, uh, but we no. didn't take their panties. No, uh, was that an option? I didn't know that was an option. Was. I didn't think it was an option. I don't know. I, I wouldn't know I'm, anything about I, that. If it was an option, <laughs> I am ashamed of myself for not realizing it was an option. <laughs> Not well, saying I would I have done it, but... it was. I think it was Ned who took their panties, because in the note they're like, you stole our panties! Ah. Sorry, it was the bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the uh, pervert bear. It's the pervert bear. <laughs> yeah, just roaming the woods stealing panties. Yep. Did you know that the pervert mm. bear is a, a girl bear? Yes, I did, and I very much approve of the pervert bear being a girl bear. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> because, you know, lesbians in the woods. It's it's lesbian woods. <laughs> of course. gay woods. Yeah. I didn't, re- I didn't twig, and this is like skipping ahead a bit, I didn't twig until like today when I was going back through the game that... You know the panties with like the go to hell written on them? Mm-hmm. They were left by Ned. Yeah. Ned, they were. St- Ned stole the panties, cut the line, and left the panties to frame it on the girls. Mm-hmm. And I didn't twig that. And I was like, oh, yeah, Ned's really messed up and yeah. very adamant on framing other people for his shit. <laughs> yeah. I Do you think, uh, skipping to the end, uh, do you think that. I don't think he really. G- killed his son on purpose but the way the body is framed is so strange mm, because they, the the skull is underneath some rocks and stuff they could have fallen later though the body's been there for a while i just he, feel like maybe he lost his temper at his son or something and that ended up and that's why he feels more guilty the the impression i got was always that he it was an accident and that he did love his son like Other than anything else, he did love his son. Because, like, the thing that sells that to me is when you do find his bunker at the end, there are all those, like, little mementos of things of his sons that he found, and he keeps them very much like a shrine. He definitely does seem to, like... At the very least, there doesn't seem to have been malice behind it. No, I don't think he murdered his son. No, he... mm. um, Like, where he was, like, trying to teach his son to be a man, as he says. 
he wanted Tana to teach us him to be a yeah. man. And he, it, like, probably messed up. It it probably was a case of he pushed his son to do something that his son wasn't ready to do. That, like, he hadn't had enough practice to do. It's like, no, 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 you'll be fine, son. You'll be fine, son. Then he fell. So yeah. I actually have a very different interpretation on this, whether it's correct or not, just based on my own personal experience. So my parents are divorced. And when my parents got divorced, they sometimes parents can go into kind of a, they want to be like the fun parent or like the cool parent that you want to spend all your time with. Mm. And it struck me that maybe Ned was kind of doing the same thing. Like he wants to be the parent that Brian wants to spend all his time with. And so he wants to go on all these adventures with him and make it so that Brian is like, oh man, dad, you're the coolest. And I want to hang Mm. out with you all the time. And, and at, like, at least initially it seems like that was right. Because if you look at those pictures of the two of them together on the camera roll, they definitely seem happy together at first. Mm-hmm. They definitely seem like like Brian Goodwin was very excited and happy to be on this adventure. But No, well, mm-hmm. I, think he, I think he was happy the whole time right up to the point where well, he didn't understand that he wasn't going home. Yeah, that's the bit where he was like, oh, I don't want to keep climbing. I don't think my dad knows when school starts again. Can 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 this end now? Yeah. Because that's the thing, is Brian, what, Brian wasn't trying to run away from a life. He was very happy to have his adventure and then move on and go back to his life. Whereas for Ned, this wasn't just, this is adventure forever. Yeah, definitely. Have fun, son. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they end up kind of like dragging you to things where you're just like, no, like I have to go to school or whatever. Yeah. Mm. There's like a whole cycle to it. It reminded yeah. me very much of one of my parents. I, I can totally get that as like with divorced parents as well. I had one parent who used to every now and then just take me out of school. Yeah. To go spend the day with them because right? it's like, no, 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 you don't need to go to school today. We're going to go do something fun. It's just going to be us. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that is, on a much larger scale, it feels like that is probably what he was doing, is, hey, we're just going to go on adventures forever and it'll be great and you'll never get bored of adventures. Yeah, and uh, I think mm. some of that might be, you know, trying to get the, the kid to, like, really see you as, like, the awesome parent or also to, you know, because you've you've lost a significant relationship in your life mm. and trying to spend more time with the kid it's like not only do you have you lost the relationship with a significant other but also now Mm. you don't see the kid half the time or whatever yeah so and that's the thing if brian stays with ned forever in the woods then he's only ever going to be with ned and Mm -hmm. that works great for ned uh it is it is difficult um one of the things that i wanted to ask you both about is just how strongly did you buy into the conspiracy we both were like, uh, this is dumb. And then, because we were like, I was like, that's a, that's weather equipment. Mm. Like, Until you, you find those papers in the desk. Yeah. yeah. And then I was, we were just both like, wait, it's real? Like, this is real? Like, it, mm. I duped me. I it, was duped. It completely got me as well. Like, I was very dubious and was like, oh, there'll be a, there'll be a logical explanation. There'll be an explanation. Someone's, initially, I just thought it was the teenage girls still playing a, a prank on us that they'd been doing for a, like the whole week. And then, oh, these are really official looking papers and a scary tracking beacon. Oh, God, what have we walked into? Oh, another question. 
did you guys find um did you guys find the elk yes uh, yes yeah weasel zone showed it to me and delilah's reaction okay weasel and i are off on our own theory thing mm. we don't need to talk about it <laughs> 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 but uh the elk was interesting and then what i don't understand is why would the alarm have a tracking beacon on it like why would the keys have a tracking beacon on it and then he says he got my keys quote parentheses how even though he knows that ned has the no it wasn't a tracking tracking. beacon okay um i went through this because i was watching the interview lp before i went back through it today and i was like let's have a look at this from what i can tell from the note that ned left in the in the cave is that he was aware that that thing could be used to track certain specific items. So he knew it uh-huh. could be used to track, like, oh, if I put this, this like, tracking collar or this tracking beacon here, it will be able to, like, manipulate Ned into go uh, manipulate Henry into going places. Mm-hmm. What he didn't realise is it would pick up anything yeah. that was giving off certain frequencies. And that is the ah. problem, is that the alarm he'd set up to keep his stuff safe... He didn't realize that was giving off a signal. Yeah. Because he thought, oh no, it's not It's not made for that. It won't pick up, get picked up on the, the machine. And that's where he was like, oh, I made a big mistake. Oh shit. Well, why would it only go off a few days later though? After he got it. I don't know. That is that is a question I've yet to work out an it's answer to. It's a question to, for but... an engineer. Yeah, <laughs> engineers, give us answers. Oh, that's my boyfriend. He's an engineer. Maybe there's something to do with, like, electromagnetic waves in the air that might stop it. I don't know. It might just be that the writers wrote a thing and didn't think about it. Yeah, the writers needed you to pick up those keys. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I very much bought into the whole conspiracy and was like, yes, this is a government conspiracy and we are being tracked. It's like the Truman Show. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, this was one crazy man in the woods who was trying very hard to be like, nope, nope, nope. Don't find my dead kid. Please don't. That'd be very bad for me. And he sets half the woods on fire. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, I know that both of you were very, like, anti-Delilah by the end. You were both yes. like... Well, because... I... Oh. Mm. Okay. I... Everyone was giving <sighs> me shit. For some reason, not giving Stacy shit. Me. You were definitely, Mari, it's because you go, like, where I will sit there and say, like, oh, I don't like this person. They irritate me. You go, like, five steps further. Well, somebody's got to go there, and I did. I'm just saying that's why. What what I was saying. Go ahead. (laughs) Sorry, go on. She's like, oh, the thing that just really freaked me out and just was like, oh, no, Delilah, not okay, is that Henry wakes up in the middle of the night like dreaming about his wife that Mm. he's grieving over and here's what the thing people who didn't see the beginning of the game were like oh okay whatever because they didn't have that emotional connection to that relationship yeah he's hearing that 
And then Delilah goes, oh, I heard you calling out to your dead wife. I thought it was cute. And then right after that, hits on she you. starts trying to, hits on you, and then tries to initiate, like, a sexual thing over the radio. It's implied. Here's, it's here implied. is yeah. the thing. I had a really different experience with Delilah because I talked to her slightly differently in the run-up to that, and she said she didn't do some of the things she did for, for both of you. Oh. So here's what's really different about why I had a much better experience with Delilah. Uh, the second I had the opportunity, I opened up to her about what my wife was going through. Straight away, I was like, look, my wife is still my wife. She is in Australia. She has dementia. Like, this is a big thing that is playing on me. And, like, she is still very important to me. And I because- thought we said that, too. Wow, no? where did we I- use that dialogue? Well, because I know that later on, uh, you know when um, Henry's like worried that he might have dementia as well. Like he is like, what if I'm going crazy here? Mm-hmm. She in response, and I don't think she did this in your playthrough. She was like, look, you're not going crazy. I promise you, if you were like, you wouldn't know the fact that you're able to think about it and to rationalize that out means that you are not going through the same stuff that she is. If you need a minute, that's fine. But talk to me again when you're ready. And there was like a whole button set up to be like, look, when you're ready, go back to talking to her. And she was a lot more respectful of my wife oh, because wow. of some of because of some of the choices I'd made. Like she de- she does still do the thing where she comments on it being cute that you were saying your wife's name in your sleep, but she sort of leaves it there. And I didn't respond to her saying it was cute, and then she didn't do anything more in that front. That sounds like such and- a better experience. Mm. Yeah, and I don't know quite what choices I made with dialogue, but that was the difference I had, is that when I was worried I was going crazy, she did a lot more sort of reassuring me that I wasn't crazy and that she would be there to support me. And I she didn't push me so much. I distinctly remember telling her about our wife, though. I don't know what other choices our it is wife. then. <laughs> it's, it's something I said made her give me, like, she gave me a lot more support when I thought I was going crazy. And she didn't hit on me nearly as much when, like... I'd been talking about my wife in my sleep. Yeah, because that was just, the part that just really made yeah. me so angry. Was that yeah. like, you know, because we must have told her about the wife at some point because otherwise we have no right to really be pissed at her, you know? No, I remember. I remember talking to her about it and saying, my wife has dementia, blah, 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 blah. Like there I must see be... it like three times for editing. I, yeah. I need to see where I need someone to like create the dialogue tree so that I can be like, right, what did I do that you both didn't that got what me is this the critical point? Yeah, <laughs> what, what is the critical point that got me hit on a bit less? Yes, but like that's the thing is she didn't hit on me too much, and I she seemed respectful of the fact that I was still very much in love with my wife. And you know what it is? Yeah, did you keep putting your ring back on? Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that our ring was off okay. until later. The first time I played it, I was streaming, and I got, like, halfway through the game before I realized. So I then, you know, I started over because I was like, okay, I'm doing this for the LP. And I was aware of the fact the ring comes off and was putting it back on straight away. That yeah. must have been it. That might well have been it. But something I did meant that she was she was being more respectful of my relationship, and she wasn't hitting on me so much. Mm-hmm. And I think that had a big difference on the way that we saw her. Because, like, I totally get why you were pissed off with her. And I was just like, this doesn't seem like quite the same relationship with her that I had. 
You know what? That's interesting because a lot of people are saying like, oh, our choices didn't matter. Your choices do matter, apparently. Definitely. They don't, they don't matter about like the end point, but they definitely have an impact on the interactions you have and the way you interpret that story on the way there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I your think? choices yeah. influence character relationships, SJW game. Oh, no. Yeah, shit. exactly. Choices affecting character relationships isn't real choices affecting anything. It has to actually change where the story ends up because yep. otherwise it's not a real choice. It's an illusion. <laughs> illusion. Yeah, so what other characters are there for us to sort of talk about? We've not really talked a huge amount about Brian Man. Goodwin. We've only talked about Brian Goodwin as a dead body, really. Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you find all of his like nerd stuff? Yes, his little nerd hovel, which yeah. was uh, uh, his his uh, what what did they call it? Not Dungeons and Dragons. It was uh, Wizards and Wyverns. Um. Oh my god, the comic book about. Did the... you find the twenty sided dice that was left in? Uh... Yes, in one of the cash boxes. Yeah. Well, there was one that oh. was left in the drawer, I think, or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's know. left in the drawer in two forks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I loved all of his nerd stuff that was created. It was kind of heartbreaking reading the stuff in there about like, yeah, he clearly intended to stay here away from his dad until the first chance he had to go home. Oh, I know. Which was heartbreaking. Cause like, you know, Brian Goodwin was mentioned at the beginning. I just barely thought of him throughout this game. Like yeah. very quickly, I. It's impressive how quickly they diverted attention away from that, because he's brought up on day one or two of of the game, and then I just never thought about him. Yeah, well, I think you get yeah. kind of wrapped up in the, like, oh, there must be something else, like secret going on. There's a conspiracy. Yeah, it can't be as simple as just, oh yeah, those two people we mentioned, they're still in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, we should probably talk about Ned as well while we're here. Ned, Ned is a bit messed up. Definitely. Like well, how? Mm. Delilah says that he has PTSD or something, and so maybe he's a war veteran. And this takes place in the eighties, so maybe he was in Desert Storm. Yeah, he's definitely very like adept at coordinating plans and like doing technical repairs on things and he seems like the kind of person who has some experience like being hiding out and making do with what he's got to try and complete the mission he set himself like a survivalist like yeah very adept at using your materials to survive in whatever means necessary yeah the, the whole idea of him potentially being a combat veteran definitely makes a lot of sense um the fact like one of the things that completely skipped over me initially was the fact that he was the person stealing food from the other um yes towers boxes because it mentions that that person eats like twice as much food yeah it's like wait why why do we keep like losing half our food portions oh he's been taking them yeah um yeah, I did not expect him to be as direct as he was in his final in his final tape as you're climbing up the rocks where he's just like, yeah, my son's dead. Uh, here's my, my house. I'm going to go well, live somewhere else in the woods now. Bye. I don't think there would have been a way for, for uh, there be a, a satisfying solution. 
otherwise. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, for story reasons, we need that information. Mm-hmm. But he seems like the kind of character who would just disappear into the wind and not say a word. Well, I think he kind of liked Henry in some ways. And that he felt sorry for Henry. And in the end, he was like, well, the jig is up. Uh, Henry, sorry, dude. Yeah. Everything. But oh, those those times where he, he messed with everyone were quite terrifying. Like, the thought that there was someone in the woods that uh, was able to take down phone lines, was framing first teenage girls, then made it seem like there was a scientist conspiracy. All the things he did. Like, I'm pretty sure if he'd not done anything... We would have just walked past that cave, never really paid it any attention, and he wouldn't have been found out. Like, I feel like his fear of being found out caused him to do things that allowed us to get on his trail. Yeah. Well, he he needs something to do. Mm. I mean, he says that he's bored, and that's why he started doing it. So I guess he needed to make his own problems, if that makes sense. And he's running away from his own problem that he can't fix. So he made a bunch of problems that he could fix. Well, That's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think he also just, he gets, he got so paranoid, maybe that he, his motivations wouldn't be understood, that he ends mm. up calling attention to his problem, being that Brian is dead, rather than mm-hmm. yeah. doing what he thinks he's doing, which is hiding it in some way. Like, by making up the whole conspiracy thing, he actually gets Henry more on the trail than... Mm if he had done nothing. Yeah, what was his end game with that? Uh, yeah. his, his end game was lock Henry in the uh, in the cave. Hope, oh, yeah. that Deli- hope that Delilah never thinks, oh, Henry didn't come out the cave. Let's go find the cave and maybe break it open somehow. And that Henry would just die very quietly in the cave. Yeah. Like, that's one thing I don't get. What was his reason for locking him in the cave rather than killing him? And the only answer I can come up with is he didn't want to harm anyone innocent. And maybe that's because he's killed someone already. Maybe he does feel responsible for his son's death. I don't know. Maybe part of him wanted to get found out, I guess. Mm. Just living with the guilt that long, maybe he was just... Like, he didn't know he was trying to get himself found out, but his brain was like let's let's get found out yeah just a bunch of self-destructive actions like i need to get this off my chest someone needs to know yes well because he's just been living with the secret for years nobody else knows Mm. nobody even else nobody else like according to everybody else brian is just a missing person yeah and we'll get into the whole delilah might have known thing in a bit because i'm sure we've got some talking about that to do but it's like if you think about that whole idea of like, oh, I've got a surprise present for someone. Oh, I'm just itching to tell them. I wonder if on some level there was like, not in that same excited way, but just it's bubbling up. I don't want to tell anyone, but I need someone to know mm-hmm. to his actions. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Should we talk about the whole theory that maybe he was doing, you know, he was working with Delilah? Well, that's... Cause- I mean, I don't want to pretend that that's canon. I think that it fills a lot of plot holes. I have a whole theory video on it. Mm. It's got like 33,000 views in the last few days. (laughs) 
people really seem to like it because it fills in, I think, a need that people have for the story. Yeah. But I don't want to be like, oh, this is the story. I would be cool if it was, and mm. I definitely would like that, but... I still like the canon ending. Yeah. yeah. Like, is is it fair to boil down the theory you put out to basically being Delilah was aware that um, that Ned Goodwin, uh, sorry, that Delilah was aware that Brian Goodwin died and she was like, oh, I don't want to get in trouble for that. I'm going to turn a blind eye and kind of like accept No, no, no. That, My theory was that she Like, was... I'm going to work with Ned. My theory was that she was aware of what Ned was doing and they were working together because they just liked doing it. But another person's well, theory was that she was aware of Brian dying and she didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Well, like, that's so, why... Because when you brought up the whole idea of her working with Ned, that's the motivation that stuck in my head was the, like, does she know that Brian died? Is that why she's willing to work with Ned? Maybe that might be it. I, like, it's the only, like, reason I could think of for why she would continue to hide ned i watched i listened i read somebody else's post on reddit after i made the video and they were like brought up all these other really good points where Mm. ned's lookout chair is faced at delilah's lookout and delilah's Mm. lookout chair is faced at ned's lookout yeah they can both look at each other yeah there there are a bunch of times where it's like oh her tower is very clearly facing this place that ned was a lot of the time yeah, and then uh, she says, oh, I don't know what Wapiti Meadow is. I don't know what Wapiti Station is. But if you it's turn like, around and look, you can see her, her lookout. But well, Wapiti very Station clearly. wasn't set up by Ned. No, it, it was there before he got yeah. there. And if then you, he put a bunch of stuff mm, inside of it. It is, the, it is worth noting, if you look around in her... Um, in her station when you're there at the end of the game, Wapiti Meadow is on one of her maps. So, like, she knows that Wapiti Station exists. It's on a map in her station. And Wapiti Station did exist beforehand because yeah. the fence was there because on Brian's map, it's called the Iron Fortress. Yeah. Meaning like, that, 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 the, that mm. the fence was already there and that Brian had showed her that before because Brian and Delilah were friends. Yeah, the, the fence and the whole area is marked out on one of her maps. It's like she knows it exists, but she claims not to, but... It is a nice way to cover up a lot of plot holes. And I I don't know how I feel about it because it would it would it's explain a, a lot. It would explain a lot, but you, everybody's uh, ending is their own. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's definitely something I will keep in mind about that when thinking about that game. They yeah. just seem to be huge fans of Gone Home and Metal Gear Solid and stuff. And I was like, well, all those stories had an alternate plot going on that you could only find if you paid really close attention because mm-hmm. Gone Home had um, trigger warning. Uh, that subplot about how uh, Sam's father or the, you, the father. Yeah, Sam's, um, Sam's a, father had, had the abusive a, uncle. Yeah, and yeah. that's why he got the house and that's mm-hmm. why the uncle never went outside. Yeah, it's. I think there is definitely room for interpretation in Firewatch, and I'm very interested to see, like, as time goes on, the other theories people come up with on that front. But, yeah. But the meaning of the story is that maybe there's no conspiracy theories at all. 
Yes, but... and the fact that we're making up conspiracies after a, like, oh, that was a disappointing ending, let's come up with conspiracy theories. Yeah. It all just plays into the plot, doesn't it? Yeah. That's like, that's like one of the reasons why I think it inspires a lot of theories, because people feel like there should have been more in the ending. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why I felt kind of averse to any theories about it because it just seemed like people wanted there to be something so bad, you know? Mm. This this is going to be potentially a weird comparison to make and I'm going to try and avoid spoilers on the other game I'm going to compare this to, but it feels like The Beginner's Guide, if either of you have played that. <laughs> yes. In yeah. that it feels like the right thing to do would be to put that game aside and to be like, let's just take it for what it is and not assume there's anything else to it and not think about it beyond that because of the themes of the game. Yeah, definitely. that's very much how I kind of feel about Firewatcher. I'm like, maybe we should just assume there was no mystery and not go looking for one. Yeah, but I gotta make them. Yeah. I get paid. Someone pays me to do this. Dollar dollar bills, yo. (laughs) Yeah. I gotta pay my bills, dude. (laughs) Um, So yeah, with that, is there anything else that we've not really touched on yet that we still want to talk about? Um, I don't know. I just like. Should we I, go? Well, go ahead. Uh, the I wrote down the illusion of choice and players that the writers knew that the players would not like the ending, but they did it anyway. They That's one of the things that, I liked about mm, it. Yeah, I I love it when a game is willing to say this is not an ideal ending, but this is like where we want the story to go and just well, I think to it's do ex- it. I think it's expanding the art form because so long as we follow the thing where, well, we need to make the players happy, Mm. that's not always going to be what you need if you're going to allow people to express themselves via video games. Yeah, like, the, the comparison I always bring with this is, like, the ending of The Sopranos. And it's like, that ended with a cut to black in the middle of a sentence and no closure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes well, that is what's thematically appropriate for a story. It doesn't have to tie up. Well, sometimes fa- it has to just stop. Well, to be fair, like a few episodes before that, Tony says, someone asks Tony, what do you think dying will be like? And he says, oh, I don't know. It's probably going to be a, just a cut to black. Indeed. And that's the thing is they do foreshadow like, hey, not everything ends in a way that like is going to have build up. Sometimes things will just stop and that's the end yep and i like yeah. when narratives build towards an ending that's not going to be satisfying but because it built to not being satisfying there is a satisfaction in that mm-hmm. yeah if you if you put the work in and not just go um let's uh let's make it like the ending of lost where we just it doesn't make any sense we're just gonna leave it incomplete because we don't know how to tie up all the things that we've started but yeah. if you think ahead of time and you build the story around the idea that it's going to be something that leaves you wanting more, then yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, talking about the illusion of choice that you mentioned, they are very intelligent in knowing like how they are able to funnel the player away from things that they don't want them to interact with yet. Yeah, that was um, very, like, I felt like it was an open world, and then later I realized it wasn't. Well, like, the only real progression blocker you have in that world is getting the big bag of rope, 
getting the things you can stick into into rocks like the in the cracks in the rock and getting the axe once you've got the axe you can go up to the uh the thing with the rope that you pull to go to um the other station that delilah's at now i've not done it but the only thing stopping you going there at the beginning of the game is having an axe if you have an axe you can just head up to the top of the map and there is the gondola that would go over to Delilah's station. Oh. And I've not done it yet, but I'm very curious. Can I go get the axe and just head straight there? I wonder if you go over there and he'll go, oh, I don't need to go over there right now. I, like, I, my yeah, suspicion is it will be something like, oh, hey, the gondola's over on my side at the moment because I'm getting some materials over. But, you know, maybe later. But, like, yeah. I never thought to go there. They were, yeah, the way that the, the the map and the gameplay was designed was very good at making me feel like, oh, I, yeah, I feel so free. But really, they had a very specific way that they wanted me to go, and I mm. fell for it. And I was listening to the podcast, and they were like, yeah, and we have a few branches in which players can either see this important plot point or this important plot point, but not both. Mm. Because some people can either see whatever we saw or see the dead deer and players can either go towards the campers or go go towards uh an abandoned old shack and get attacked by a raccoon wow Mm. so yeah yeah and we never saw turtles stacy and i wouldn't we never found the turtles i didn't know there were turtles yeah, there's pet turtles that you can get. <gasps> there's more than one, and you keep them in a box by your bed. And what? then when you go on the fire, you gotta go <laughs> take your f- turtles with you because you know they're your mm. pets. And then you oh run my to God. the helicopter. Well, that's the thing is there is so much exploration you can do, but if you are just looking to go point to point to point, it allows you to do that in a way that still feels like you're exploring new, new territory every time you go out to do something. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was missing anything. I was like, wow, I'm seeing everything. And then later I was like, nope, saw nothing. Unt- like- until we get to the end and he actually says, I feel like I missed something. And then the two of us panicked because we were yeah. like, oh, no, is this a signal that we've forgotten to do something important? It's it's a signal that you forgot to do about 30 side quests. <laughs> yeah. Now but- is the open world time. Go yeah. run around in the fire. Oh goodness! I had I had a big problem when I initially played this. Um, first time I played this, my map didn't work, and this is like <gasps> it worked. I have two. I had two files running: one for like uh, doing my stream, and one for the let's play I was doing. And on the let's play file, the map was just broken. Uh, half the time, when you opened it, it would just be a black square. Oh! And half the time, it would load. But you know, like there is the big flashing circle of where you currently are. Yes. That would create a trail of big flashing circles that would cover up the map. (laughs) So everywhere I walked was slowly like, oh, I can't see that section of the map where I went anymore because there's big circles all over it. So I had like, when I was doing my Let's Play, I had a different experience to most people in that I was having to use my compass and just like explore a lot beyond going straight for the checkpoints of like where the missions were happening how did that did you find anything cool or i stumbled into some stuff that i thought was cool but most of it was just i know that i'm going roughly this way i can't work out what i'm doing wrong what what how what am i doing wrong i had a lot of anxiety about 
navigating the map. I could do mm-hmm. it just fine. Like, Stacey and I, we did it just fine. But I had a lot of anxiety because we were Let's Playing it. And I was like, I can't look like a dumbass looking at this map. <laughs> oh, God. I, I need to- <laughs> I, my second episode, I spend, like, 20 minutes walking around in circles being like, I don't know where I'm going. And just all the comments were... Yeah, you have no sense of direction. I'm like, I have a broken map. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. I have no map. Don't <laughs> shout at me for walking back and forth through the... Basically, I walked through the canyon and I didn't go in the cave. And I just like walked up and down the road past there trying to find like, where is the cave? Where is the cave? Because I just walked straight past it. Well, you know, I think we've been spoiled by nav points. Yeah. Yes. Also, the game doesn't tell you nearly early enough that you can hold out your compass while running but not have your map out yeah it's it's confusing yeah like it's not until you get the the beeping beacon thing that it tells you oh use the n button to just have this out i was like oh that works for my compass too it seems so you just run around with your compass and speed everywhere (sighs) but yeah i think that's probably about it for firewatch yeah i mean what is what emotions were you feeling sorry what emotion? What emotions was I feeling? Um, I loved the romance at the beginning. I was tense as all hell for most of it, and then I felt deflated at the end, which is probably what I was meant to feel. What about both of you? Go ahead, Stacy. I was just very overwhelmed with the beauty of the game. I just the colors in it were just so fantastic. It made me miss being you know being closer to a place where i could be outside all the time mm. it, it made me miss photography yeah because i love just taking those like nice sunset sets oh did you did you order the um sorry to interrupt you stacy I, I i'm sorry did you order the prints yes i partook in the journalistic bribing of one dollar yes. print printouts so did we but here's an interesting thing so Stacy and I, we were like, oh, yeah, let's just frame up this shot. Like, la, 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 la. What my boyfriend did is he was like, oh, no, I'm going to get blamed for this. And he used all his pictures to have evidence of, like, him not doing things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like a picture of a dead, like, you know how when we had, like, at the end, we were like, oh, beautiful scenic shots that we took. Oh, it's so relaxing. La, 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 la. What, what a journey. His was all, like, dead kid, uh, wrecked up things, a, a destroyed camp. Like, it's very disturbing. <laughs> I, I, took the one, I took the one of the destroyed camp because Delilah actively said, maybe you should take a picture. And then after that, I was like, nope, not taking pictures of things. Didn't want to take a, a picture of dead bra. And I was like, nope, no thank you. Yeah. Um, I just want some nice scenic memory shots and... Stuff that I can I can just have, and it'll be lovely. It'll be a wonderful memory of that time that I saw a dead kid in a cave. Well, back to what Stacy was saying. I'm sorry, just popped oh. into my head. <laughs> yeah, it just it made me it made me really miss like being in the outdoors all the time, um, and just you know getting to wander around. It also I loved how it kind of played with the idea of solitude, but not really. I was a little surprised that the game didn't really offer you a little more reflection on what was going on in your life. Um, Mm. Because that was actually one of the things that when I had originally found, like heard about the game, I had thought that I didn't know that the, there was going to be the whole story with him and his wife, but 
when I got to the part about him and his wife, I was like, oh, so this is going to be kind of, there are going to be things that happen that cause us to reflect on that. Mm. And there wasn't really as much. There was just more of this interpersonal relationship with Delilah, um, which I guess is fine. It was just like a different story from what I had kind of expected, I guess. Mm. I was talking to Todd of Read It As Games, and he was like, yeah, I felt like Henry was me until they started skipping days and things were happening between those days that I would find out about later. And then I realized that I'm not Henry. I'm just watching Henry. Yeah. And and I think that, that made a big difference to a lot of players. Where at first you're like, oh, I'm Henry, like I'm in, I this is me, I am role playing, and then you realize that Henry is his own character, and this is his story, mm. and this is his thing, and you have to like separate separate yourself from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, talking a little bit about that whole idea of being like isolated but not alone, it made me think a lot about like I haven't done this for years, but when I used to work retail, I used to have very long walks each way to and from work where it'd be like either five in the morning or like 10 at night when everywhere's empty walking alone listening to podcasts where it's this whole thing of i am definitely feeling very like alone and by myself but also i don't want to have to stop and think about anything so let's just drown that out with podcasts and listen to other people talking and listen to things and be alone but not like alone enough to stop and think about anything Yes, and yes. it's a feeling that like I've not seen a game capture before. It's like that's interesting. Where it's like you're alone and you came to be alone, but you don't want to have to stop and think about anything that's upsetting you. So just da la la, we're gonna distract myself with other things while being alone. I also like that Delilah was kind of like, you know, an online relationship in a way. Mm. Yeah, not exactly a parallel, but it's interesting. Well, but it's still and, like a relationship that you're having without ever seeing a person or interacting yeah. with them face to face. I, I found it really interesting seeing how she mentally pictured us at the end um, with like the drawing she was trying to do based on knowing you were white with shorts. Well, it's which different changes. depending on how you... Yeah, yeah, it does. In mine, he's like very angrily squinting and wearing a tux. A tux? <laughs> wow. Yeah, because I... Yeah, he w- she was asking what I what I tend to wear, and I was like, well, I am always incredibly suave. I'm like James Bond. I wear tuxes whenever I have the chance. And I described myself as being like some kind of animal. I described my like my appearance as, and she was like, oh, like a wolf or something. So she's giving me like a wolf-like <laughs> stare and a tux, but also shorts. And I'm like, that's an interesting mental image you have of me. <laughs> That's really awesome. Ours yeah. was like a tired looking guy in in like Yeah, he had big bags clothes. under his eyes and I can't remember what he was wearing, but somebody else had a guy who was just like looking like he was farting and like smiling. <laughs> or he was like really angry and yeah. farting. But like those are the things that make a difference is where like you, the way you choose to describe your character, it's like, okay, that's what I have to go on. How like how is she picturing you based on what you've said about yourself? And it's very interesting to be like, that's kind of how you presented yourself to Delilah as whatever she's drawn here. Yeah. Which is an interesting parallel to online relationships. Ooh, it all came back full circle. Yeah. Listen, they, I know that... You know. Oh, go go ahead. 
Well, we can, yeah, because within with a relationship where you don't see somebody all the time, you have like a built up image in your head of what they're like. So yeah, I think she'd have been very disappointed to meet Henry in my playthrough if he hadn't been wearing a tux and squinting. Another interesting thing that I heard one of the writers say is that when Henry gets home, he's not going to be able to like add her on Facebook or something. Yeah, yeah, because it's the eighties. I completely forgot that it was in the 80s until they mentioned things like, oh, this is some serious tech. It's wireless. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, that's a big thing, isn't it? Because like, yeah. it's obvious to us. It's like, oh, that's a weather tower. To him, it's like, oh, this is crazy sci-fi tech. I don't know what's going on. I'm not up on the technology like them kids. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That suddenly makes a lot more sense. And same thing with the radios, too. Yeah, because that explains why, like, he was like, oh, have you unbugged the radios? Because probably at that point, like, yeah, sure, Delilah's used a radio for the last decade. She probably doesn't know how they work, because is she likely to have looked up a book on how radios work? Or is it just, my radio only has the one channel, I can only do it back and forth with the people in these towers? Yeah, I assume if I change... radio and everything, though. Well, yeah, that's, that's a very good point, but... It at least explains for for Henry why he's like, I don't well, get tech. What's going on? I can understand Henry, but not Delilah. I'm like, Delilah, yeah. come on. I don't well, know. I think goes, it's easy that... to look at, like, what we know about tech and, like, look back, what, 25 years ago and be like, oh, yeah, they would have known the same things, but they probably didn't. Well, no, in the 80s, they would have known that because the radios for walkie-talkies and stuff like that has been the same since, like, the 40s. Yeah, yeah but the tech why... would have been the same, but why, like... But why would, you would have... they know about it? Well, yeah. Delilah would know because it's her job to know how yeah. radios work. That's the... Delilah's That's the a good point, point but... Uh, I... Not Henry, though. Henry wouldn't but, yeah. know, but Delilah but she's should not... know. Why would she know about bugging radios? Like that's like a because different. Because bugging radios well, doesn't exist. She knows well, to, that. She but how would she know that? Well, she you know probably I mean? knows it because she's got a ham radio and she knows. Oh, if I tune it to this frequency, I'm hearing these people. If I tune it to this frequency, I'm hearing these people. And she probably my... at least understands. Oh, if someone's talking on a frequency and you tune to that frequency with a ham radio, you can find it. Yeah, because at her station, just... she works completely on a ham radio. Yeah, I just, I think that there's room in there for people mm. to not know things. There, there I think it's is, just a plot hole, and I was like, it's, come on, it's guys. It's definitely harder f- to explain Delilah not understanding, but Henry, it's pretty easy to be like, yeah, he might be worried. And it's entirely possible that she knows that, like, Henry's not likely to know how radios work, and maybe she's only done it to put Henry's mind at ease. She's like, there's nothing we can do to stop this guy listening. The least I can do is give Henry a fresh radio, make it seem like it's a big deal, so that he won't worry so much. Like, maybe she's just trying to keep him calm. Yeah, that's true. Because if he's freaking out and thinking that he might, you know, that his his mind might be going, because that's, like, where he goes with it, you know? Yeah. Well... it That's not... she, what she said is that she hiked all day to get there and lied to two rangers, so I don't... She she might be playing it up just to convince Henry, like, hey, this is a big deal, I put a lot of effort in, you can trust that you'll be safe now. Ah, And yeah. again, like, that might just be a case of, I'm trying to convince you that you're going to be safe, because if you start stressing out, then 
it's going to make it harder for me to stay calm. It's going to make it harder for us to deal with this and to get to the bottom of this. I know you're freaking out because of your past with your wife. Let me just do what I can to make it seem like I've made you safer just so that you'll stay calm. Yeah. That's something that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Kind of like when parents lie to their kids to, like, calm them down. When you can't explain exactly what's going on, so you just try to tell them something that's going to make them calm for the moment. Or they Until give you, you a superpower for for going to going to sleep. They're like this this flashlight. It's a laser flashlight that kills monsters. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and that feels like that might be what happens because like Henry pr- just prior to them doing the new radios, that's when you have the conversation with her about am I going crazy? Yeah, and it might just be that she's like, look, I'll get you a fresh radio. I'll make you feel like you're okay. We need to keep you safe because and calm because there's like someone dangerous around. You know, you need to be like relaxed. Yeah, and I mean, she's also been out there for ten years, so mm. undoubtedly, she's either personally dealt with or at least heard stories about people that kind of go into the woods and crack up a bit just from being yeah. alone and from seeing things and being isolated. So. Maybe that's part of her motivation for just wanting to do whatever she can to make Yeah, him... she's she's trying to stop him becoming another one of those you went a bit stir crazy in the woods. Yeah. And got paranoid. It's like, no, you'll be fine. I did this stuff, you're okay. Whereas probably that radio was no different to the one that he was already using. It just looked different. Would you guys do it? Like I would do it now if I could have my phone to listen to podcasts and listen to audiobooks. Oh, exactly. If I could have, like, internet access, I'd be like, yeah, I'll go spend a summer in the woods. It'll be exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, it'll be yeah. the exact same as my office, except I'll have a nicer view out the window, and I'll have to stop once every couple of days to be like, oh, there's a fire? Okay, fine, I'll go deal with the kids. Back to the tower, hooray! <laughs> oh, that would be so beautiful. Yeah, I could spend a summer in the woods in a tower. It'd be great. But being in a tower in the gay woods where everybody who goes there. Hey, when when I'm in the woods, every set of woods is the gay woods. You bring oh. the magic with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I run around the woods and do like a bit of an enchantment. And it's like, okay, anyone who comes into these woods, you're going to be gay. Any fires that start in this wood, they're gay fires. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to burn everything down, but they'll be fabulous while they're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, <laughs> Right, so is that is that a good place for us to wrap up for our Firewatch chat? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a nice note to end on. So, hooray! Thank you for listening to us talk for an hour or so about Firewatch. Uh, if you don't know where to find any of us, we should probably tell you where to do that. So, uh, Mari and Stacy, where can people find you on the internet? Stacy, go first. Okay. Um, I'm Stacy, and you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Geek Remix a lot. You like big geeks, and you cannot lie. Yeah, yeah. No, I I just like big butts. Big butts are good. Big butts are good. <laughs> All butts are good. Big butts, yeah. little butts, firm butts, floppy butts. Not really like particular. Them. Just butts in general. Is it a butt? <laughs> opportunity, equal opportunity for butts. Oh, we're taking Lara's thing. Sorry. Sorry. That's, yeah, no, no coming in and doing my thing. Um, I, I got angry enough when Feminist Frequency did it recently. I'm like, no, no talking about butts. Butts are my thing. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, where am I? Uh, yeah, you, you I, got to say yeah. where you are on the internet. <laughs> I, I'm on Twitter and 
Tumblr, Geek Remix, and Stacy and I are both on the Geek Remix channel on YouTube. Fantastic. Uh, and then you, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz on pretty much everything. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Patreon, pretty much everywhere. So You should yeah. support Laura on Patreon. I support Laura on Patreon. Ooh, thank you yes. very much. And you and should get... go you should go watch all of Mari and Stacy's videos and get them those ad clicks. Yeah. Yeah, so them. Hell yeah. Click, click on them and, and maybe do stuff. I don't know. So Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, hold on. Don't do that because we're not allowed to say that. We're not okay. allowed to tell people uh, to do that. We're, we're not telling you to click on ads if you don't want to. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've had a good week. Enjoy. <laughs> Bye. Firewatch. Bye. Bye. <laughs>